0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. After being sidelined by the pandemic, jazz made a comeback in San Diego in 2022. George Farga is the UT's music critic. Hi, George. It's nice to have you on.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so this year in jazz came with some good news and bad news. I thought maybe we'd start with the good. What stood out to you?
1: Well, the fact that it came back uh, in a pretty uh, significant way. Um, as you know, and I think everyone will recall, uh, beginning in March 2020, there was a, a global shutdown of of live events. Um, so live music fell by the wayside and people began live streaming uh, music, which was good to have, but not nearly as good as being able to have uh, an audience and a, a, a musician or a band interact in real time together. So, um things came back last year but they were uh what would the right word be in, in low gear. Um venues reopened, not all of them, but the ones that did um would be for example at, at 50% capacity um and through the middle of last year a lot of venues required masking um and so this year felt kind of like a return to normal a qualified return because regrettably the pandemic did not go away and people continued to get covid including a number of musicians that i interviewed um but the good the good news is that there was a lot of great live music a lot of great recordings um and people clearly eager to uh to get back to whatever normal might look like right now.
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, I know for me and a lot of others, 2022 was a year of concerts. I'm sure you went to many. What were some of the standouts to you?
1: Yeah, um, a few come to mind. Um, and they tended to be uh, at outdoor venues. And I think in part, uh, we're lucky in San Diego that that um, the outdoor concert season literally began in march and went through the most recent outdoor concert i went to was a week ago um so i, I think we're probably the envy of the the country that we had that ability to do that um the uh two that come right right to mind um were Winton marsala's and uh the um jazz at lincoln center orchestra um There was also, that was at uh, the Rady Show, also at the Rady Show was a tribute um, to Thelonious Monk, the great uh, jazz composer and uh, pianist and band leader, um, who has been dead for decades, but uh, his music lives on. And it was a great band led by um, Gilbert Castellanos, the top San Diego trumpeter, and featuring Charles McPherson. Uh, who lives here in San Diego and has for decades, but used to live in New York and actually knew Thelonious Monk, um, so that really had a lot, uh, a lot of meaning as well as enjoyment. And then um, Arturo O'Farrill, who uh, is a music professor at uh, UCLA uh, and a Grammy Award-winning uh, composer and band leader, uh, performed his fandango at the Wall Concert, um, which originally took place um, two years before the pandemic on the Tijuana side of the border wall and featured not only an all-star uh, jazz orchestra, but um, a number of, uh, of Mexican son Jaroco musicians. And uh, I, I attended that concert on the Tijuana side of the border wall and seeing some of the same performers reunite uh, was really uh, a treat. Um, and the fact that, that everyone appeared to have come through the pandemic, uh, was great.
0: Oh, that sounds incredible. I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, shifting to slightly less happy news, I know that we lost some jazz greats in 2022, um, who, who were some of the big names?
1: Yeah, well, more than I, I could name, but, uh, The uh, saxophonist Pharoah Sanders um, was a major, major loss. The pianist Ramsey Lewis, who uh, in the 1960s was one of the few jazz artists to have million selling albums and and a broad mainstream pop following, uh, he died this year as well. He also did a syndicated radio show for years that introduced a lot of people to music they might not have heard otherwise. Um, and uh, the uh, guitarist Mick Goodrick, the organ great Joey De Francesco, And here in San Diego, a particularly notable and sad passing, um, Anthony Ortega, who was a terrific saxophonist who in his very long career played with anybody and everybody, um, died at the age of 94. What, what is particularly notable and remarkable about Anthony Ortega who I was lucky enough to interview a few times over the years, is that um, up until earlier this year, he was performing every week um, at uh, Mr. Peabody's in Encinitas. And not only performing, but he typically would begin with a minimum of a two-hour set um, at the age of 93. And, And the far younger bandmates who would play with him They had difficulty playing for two or three hours at a time. Anthony Ortega did not. So he was a really uh, inspiring uh, person and and a mentor to a lot of people here as well.
0: Wow. Two plus hours. That's really um, incredible. Well, definitely, you know, thank you for sharing some of those people and and condolences to um, their loved ones. Uh, George, finally, what were some of your favorite albums of the year?
1: Right. Um there were a lot more than I can name here. My favorite, and if you ask me in an hour, I might tell you a different favorite or a different ten favorites, <laughs> and tomorrow another different ten, but right now, um, an album by the Dave Douglas Quintet, um, called Songs of Ascent, book one. And as the title might imply, there's a biblical inspiration and the fact that it was recorded during the pandemic might uh might uh, reflect um, why he went for that biblical reference in the album title. What to me is really remarkable is that um, his quintet, who have been together for a decade, um, recorded the album entirely separately and remotely um, because of the pandemic. And there have been other albums made that way, but uh, jazz is a music where you are interacting in the moment, even in a recording studio, you're, you're reacting to what the other people are playing. If you're performing notated music, you're adding to it. Um, it's not like a symphony orchestra where you have to play precisely what is written and also a lot of jazz isn't written. You run through it, um, you know, and then you play it. The The best-selling and best-known jazz album of all time, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, is... Um, There was very little rehearsal. He wanted the musicians to react and create the music in the moment. And so the Dave Douglas quintet did that during a pandemic. And particularly intriguing to me is the fact that you would think, well, maybe the drummer and the bass player would have recorded their parts first. And then the other people would add to that, knowing what the rhythm to any given piece of music would be. No, Dave Douglas, the trumpeter, recorded his parts first. And then the other people individually added their parts And again, for a music that relies on interaction, improvisation, uh, spontaneous music making in the moment, that this album is so intricate and coherent, um, and the fact that, again, none of these people were looking at each other, none of them were together, uh, that to me is pretty remarkable. Uh, Very quickly, the other albums that particularly uh, made a, a really positive impact on me uh, the great singer, Cecile mclaurin Savant. her album Ghost Song um, is really notable in that up until now, her albums have primarily found her performing music written by other people. On this album, she came out as a songwriter and a really, really good songwriter, in addition to doing music by other people, including uh, the song Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. And I don't recall any other jazz singer ever performing uh that particular number, and Cecile mclaurin Savant really made it her own. The vibraphonist uh, Joel Ross, who will be performing at UCSD at the Loft in February, made a terrific, a terrific album called The Parable of the Poet. Um, the incredible drummer Taishan Soy and his trio uh, did an album called Mesmerism, that true to the title really is mesmerizing. And I hope I don't mangle the name here, but there's a wonderful... South African pianist, band leader, and composer uh, named Nuduzo Makatini and he did an album called In the Spirit of Nutu and um, the album was inspired in part by the unrest uh, in his home country of South Africa and also by Zulu traditions that he grew up with and then combining that with uh, jazz and that's a a pretty distinctive uh, combination. So those would be five off the top of my head. And as I noted, there are many more.
0: George, what are you looking forward to in music in 2023?
1: Um, are we talking about uh, jazz or music in general?
0: I think music in general, jazz included.
1: Yeah. Um, well, um, hopefully uh, more of a return to normal all the way around. And this might be an odd uh, an odd reply, but... Uh, To the economy leveling out. Um, The combination of uh, inflation and supply chain issues this year made it really difficult for a lot of musicians uh, to afford to be able to tour. A lot of them didn't tour um, or didn't tour to the degree that they had hoped. Um, And then COVID uh, impacted so many people from uh, 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 the uh, great. Phoenix Harris died, Jazz phoenix Berry Harris died from COVID uh, this year. Um, uh, Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, who used to live in San Diego, had to postpone several dates on its solo tour, including here at the Magnolia and El Cajon, because he contracted COVID later in the year when Pearl Jam began their world tour two years later, and it opened here in San Diego. Um, three members of the band ended up getting COVID, not at the same time, and they had to postpone dates. Um, and there's a long list of people impacted that way. But I really hope that the economy will level out um, because it's become the price of putting on a festival or a concert um, has become prohibitive uh, for a lot of people. And in fact, I have an article that'll be coming up about that. Um, what I'm looking forward to uh, is a wide range of things, but two things that come to mind, uh, even though I may not be able to attend, um, this year, Joni Mitchell gave her first concert performance in uh, twenty two years. Um, she had a uh, she had retired from touring in two thousand. She had a nearly fatal brain aneurysm in two thousand and fifteen. Um and after that aneurysm uh, could not talk, could not walk. So through incredible tenacity and grit and will, um she was actually able to perform. Uh, at the Newport Folk Festival in July, uh, along with Brandi Carlile, um, Winona Judd, and a number of other people, but it was her concert, um, and as a result of that, she has now announced a concert uh, next June at the Gorge in Washington State. Um, it's entitled Joni Jam, and Brandy Carlisle will be joining her for that. So that um, is uh something I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, uh I can't tell you for a fact that the Rolling Stones will be putting out their first album in a very long time and their first since the death of their drummer Charlie Watts, but it appears that they will be. And while they appear to be uh destined to be playing here forever, um, it could very well be their last album. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that. And um I'm hoping that uh, the Wonderfront Festival, which took place here for the second time uh, in November, it debuted in 2019 here, was dark in 2020 and 2021 because of the pandemic, um, came back this year, but uh, they had a lot of. I, I talked about inflation, their expenses went way, way up, uh, their attendance dropped by nearly 50%. Um, For festivals in general, it normally takes three to five years to break even. Uh, Financially, this will be their third year coming up, so I I hope that they do really well because it's a wonderful event to have in San Diego, literally right on the waterfront, and uh, it could be a great uh, San Diego tradition.
0: Wow. Well, sounds like there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, George Varga, UT Music Critic, thank you for sharing your recap and uh, your forecast for next year.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me.